Uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 18. Take heed, therefore, how ye hear. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given. And whosoever hath not, from him. This is the part you want to emphasize in your Bible. You want to underline it, put a mark there or something. From him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have. I read through this the other day, and it hit me. It hit me. You know, we, we live in the visible. We live in the visible. We feel in the visible. We're here in the visible. But yet the Bible says, don't, pay, don't put your apples in the invisible, in the visible. Put them in the invisible. It's so hard for us. Day after day after day, we live in the visible. You know, food, clothing, shelter, visible things. But Jesus said these visible things are not going to last. You cannot keep them. You cannot and will not keep them. Um, people, and my wife works at the bank, people will bring in coinage, old silver coins, silver coins, a whole bunch of them. They'll bring them in and they'll say, give me face value for them. Now, anybody knows anything about silver? Uh, there's no face value for There's no silver coin. It's not worth more than face value. And my wife and all those, they'll, they'll, be, they'll be kind and tell them, you know, this is worth more than face value. They'll say, I don't care. This is my mom and dad's. They died, and I'm just going to just sell for face value. Uh, just, just do them that. Even the things you value so much, your kids may not value. They may just go to, I was going through my stuff the other day thinking how much Troy was going to send this probably to Goodwill. That's going to Goodwill, and that's going again. And I was, it, was, it was hurting my feelings a little bit. But, uh, but it's just a way of things. It's a way of things. This visible is not what is going to, in the, in the big picture, last. It's the invisible. Jesus here in this passage is uh, trying to drive again this principle home to us. Because I think this is one of them things you gotta, you got you to gotta slap yourself every so often. And say, "Now, okay, now let me get this straight. Because you get in the heat of battle. You get in the heat of building a company. You get in the heat of... Of business, you get in the heat of, of exchanging, and you get in the heat of whatever you're doing to make a living. Things begin to go well, income goes up, and you may get more excited and give a little bit more effort to it and more energy to it. But always, 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 that's why you read your Bible through every year. Because every year you read your Bible through, you'll, you'll read this passage right here, what I'm reading. You'll go to Luke chapter 8, verse 18. He says, Take heed, therefore, how you hear. In other words, Listen to the things that he's saying. Uh, the principle, or if I may say truism, that is spoken in this verse is worded this way. The rich get richer, and the poor get poorer. How many, how many you heard that? The rich get richer, and the poor get poorer. By the way, that is generally true in this world. I had somebody tell me one time they have a poor that these people were having struggling and they were making bad decisions, and this person said, "Poor is poor does." I know exactly what they talked about. Poor people can lose money faster than they ever can make it. 
because they have a mentality of poor. Poor is, poor does. And they just don't are not wise about this world and investments and et cetera. And consequently lose those things if they do have. And where do they go? To the people who are wise in those things. And so the rich get richer and the poor tend to get poorer. If you distributed wealth as Bernie Sanders wanted to do, if you distributed all the wealth, took everybody's wealth and distributed it, I'll bet you in 30 years it'd all be back to the people who had it. I really do. Because it's just, it's, it's, it's not explainable uh, in, in full. Uh, there was a guy here, a deacon, that helped start the church, Jim McCollum. We used to call Jim the Midas man. He had the Midas touch. Everything that old boy did turned to gold. I mean, he was a goose who laid the golden egg. I mean, he'd buy a piece of property out in the middle of nowhere, and they'd put I-75 right through there, and he'd have one of those corners. Now, he didn't know I-75 was going through there. He ended up owning a corner on I-75, which, if you know much about land, that ain't a bad thing. Uh, he was the first one. That, he built in Bonita uh, uh, storage, storage spaces. Now, who would think? Who would think? that you would build a bunch of garages and anybody would rent those. I wouldn't have thought that. This was in the 50s, late 50s, early 60s. He built that in Bonita. He just built a block building with garage doors and about a 10 by 10 in a garage door, 10 by 10 in a garage door, 10 by 10 in a garage door, 10 by 10 in a garage door. And he says, well, people will rent them. We were, and, you know, everybody said, what? Are we going to rent that? Problem is, in Florida, guess what you don't have much of? Storage. Why? No basement. If you got a basement, you got water in it. You can't, you can't, you dig a hole in Florida over two feet deep, it's wet. And so where you guys come from, maybe up in the mountains, you can put you, you can put you two basements, but you can't do that down here. If you can do basement here, it's above ground. And so you do two story maybe. But I'll tell you what, people don't have places to put stuff. They have, they have troubles. So he rented that thing that stayed full for the 35 years. He got rented. Who knows how much in the world he made in that thing. Then when he sold it, he made a bundle. The Midas touch. It's just the rich get richer and the poor get poor. It's just a principle stated in here because let me word it. Let's read it. Whosoever hath, that's the rich, to him shall be given. He'll get more. Whosoever hath not, that's the poor, from him shall be taken even that which he hath, which he seemeth to have. If that's not a verbiage of the rich get richer and the poor get poorer, I don't know where one is. Well, I want to talk to you about this principle a little bit, this statement. By the way, this statement follows the parable of the sower. Most of you know the parable of the sower. I don't have to go into detail on it. But there's four kinds of soil that the seed, which is the word of God, was sown on. It was sown along the wayside. That didn't come to anything. It was sown in the rocks, and that didn't really come to anything. Some of it went in among the thorns, which eventually got choked and didn't bear fruit, didn't really come much. But the fourth soil was the good soil. The seed fell on the good soil. And it bore fruit. It is possible, by the way, in that, in that parable, that some people believe that third soil, the folks were saved, but they lost everything. Uh, it could be true. It could be true. Luke chapter 9, verse 23 and 26 says, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, that's that daily bathing, and follow me. Whosoever will save his life shall lose it. That's in this life. Whosoever will lose his life, for my sake, in other words, you're going to give up this world for, for Jesus in some direct, at least in some manner, form, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantage if he gain the whole world, literally the whole world, and lose himself or be cast away? And all of you 
have enough common sense to know that would be crazy, wouldn't it? It would be crazy for 50, 60 years to have control on the whole world, but then eventually come to a place of dying, you let it go, and then have nothing in the world to come. For the next verse says, Whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed. We shall come in his glory and his fathers and with his holy angels. That's what counts. It's what the, the, the next world is coming. First John uh, talks about people being ashamed at his coming. And now little children abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Now, at his coming, I should say. Uh, what that simply means, it indicates that he's warning you. That means some people will be ashamed at his coming. There are going to be Christians that if Jesus came right tonight, there's probably people in this, in this auditorium that say, oh, not now, Lord, not now. I got some things I got to get right, some things I got to change, some things I got to correct. Oh, God forbid you're that way. Because you know what? There's going to be a time when the, the, it's going to happen. It could be by death that he's going to come unexpected. Most, most death comes unexpected. Or it could be by the rapture, which is going to come as a thief, as lightning strike from the east to west, so it's going to come as some ambi. Or it could be after that, it's going to be, of course, the second coming of Christ, uh, where they were eating and drinking and making merry and giving in marriage, and he come, took them all away like the flood. But whatever it is, there's going to come a day when God's going to come for you, saved or unsaved, and you're going to have a reckoning by that time. You could be ashamed at his coming. Don't be, don't be, don't be. I think that's what Jesus is warning here. Man, get this good. Uh, some folks are going to be saved as by fire. Most of you may know that with no rewards. That judgment seems to be in Corinthians there, public. They will suffer loss, it says in that passage, for third chapter of Corinthians. And, and uh, by the way, they say, well, I don't care as long as I get to heaven. You will care. You will care. In fact, you're going to care more over there than you would here. Here, you know, there's an end to everything, but there, there's no end to it. The rewards that are going to be given by Jesus on that side, and I think those rewards are not going to be, try to get your mind off materialism. It's not going to be those necessarily those kinds of awards, rewards. It's going to be awards of responsibility, rewards of, of trust. I mean, wow. It's going to be God giving you something to do for him, right? That's going to be a high privilege and a great reward as opposed to you suffering loss, all your works being burned up, and you being as saved as by fire. In other words, uh, if you may say, as Job said, by the skin of your teeth. You just get saved, that's it. And you say, well, I don't care as long as I'm going to have it. You will care. It's a crazy thing, this passage in Luke chapter 8, verse 18, really. When I went over that, I read that and read that. Um, this world is not necessarily reflective of the next. Many of the rich in this world will be poor in the next. I'm talking about born-again believers now. Many that are first in this world will be last in the next. Now, this is a Bible truth. Matthew chapter 19, verse 29, 30 says, Everyone that hath forsaken houses and brethren, that's, by the way, posted in our hallway. I often, when I pray on Saturday night, I quote that verse. And Many have forsaken houses and brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands. For my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. Now, it becomes very, very obvious. A guy like Tim Bauer and Roseanne, uh, they could have stayed in the United States and done real well. Tim's quite the guy. He is quite the, uh, I'm going to say, highly multifaceted and talented in a lot of directions. He can do all kinds of stuff. He had stayed here. 
They could have built an empire here. I mean, literally, done well, wherever he put his hand. But he, he was called by God to go down to the poorest nation in North and South America. They didn't even have electricity. They had to use generators. In fact, I think they still use the generators down where they're at. Uh, he could have done it. And, but a missionary, it becomes, it becomes glaring. This passage becomes glaringly real. They could have stayed here. They could have done business here. They could work here. But they, and, the, and by the way, America is one of the finest places uh, you're going to live. It's got the most protections and, 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 and welfare and insurances and helps and medical professionals. Oh, there's a lot of good things here. That's why people want to come here. And, uh, but yet he says, well, I'm going to go down to the poorest nation of the world. I'm going to, Roseanne, you're with me. We're going down to this place called Haiti. Now, let me tell you something about Haiti. A lot of disease in Haiti. There's active malaria. Uh, there's active uh, TB. Now, there may even be, there was when I was there, there was active polio. That may not be true now, but it was active at that time. There, I saw some active polio. They had some quarantine going on. Now, how long has it been since you folks <laughs> heard about active polio? Uh, the average life expectancy when I was in Haiti was 40 years old. I went down there, and the first week I figured out I, could, I didn't see anybody with gray hair. Now, imagine what a shock that is for me. I look around, I see a lot of gray hair. You go down there, I didn't see much. Now, you say black people don't get gray hair. Yes, they do if they live long enough. But the trouble was there weren't many old folks. Another thing I didn't see, I didn't see any heavy folks. That was a shock. No heavy folks. You know, when I went to England, preached revival in London, I didn't see any heavy folks in England, almost no heavy folks in England. I thought I, went, I actually went around England saying, where are the heavy folks? And they said, oh, we don't eat like you Americans. And to their benefit, really. But uh, man, oh, man, I went down there and I said, where's the heavy folks? Oh, they, don't have a, they didn't have a good, good diet. They weren't, there were maybe one here, one there. But otherwise, no. There were no gray-haired people. Uh, very few. If you did see gray-haired people, it was a rare thing. And so Tim takes his woman down there, and they go down there, and they take their kids. I don't know if they took all of their kids. I think they only had a few kids when they first went, didn't they? Couple kids, two, one kid when they first went. Really, really one. Yeah, multi, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. It's beautiful. Uh, I went down to Haiti and started having children down there, and even though they may have been birthed up here, but uh, brother, that's glaring. It's glaring that that Tim and, and Roseanne. I hope I got her name right. I, I don't. I have to say it like that if I don't, because Roseanne, it would be. A, it's a glaring that he has said no to this world. It's pretty glaring that he said no to the things of this world, and he said yes to the call of God. But it's just as real for you here. God may not call you to a poor country like Haiti. God may not call you to Africa uh, where, where there's a lot of things going in trouble there, or India, or possibly Pakistan. He may not call you to the Middle East somewhere where it's dangerous and your life will be threatened. But wherever God puts you, wherever he calls you, it's just a sacred a call. God may call you to one of them buses to do it. And it'd be faithful at it, like, like McCullum was for 35, 40 years out there winning boys and girls. Somebody's got to do that. It's just as real. When you give this world up for God, it's just as real. When God called me into the ministry, it was just as real as if he was calling me into the most remote part of the world. I said, Lord, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I meant it with all my heart. I was willing to give it up. I didn't know where... And you know what? He's forced me to be here in Bonita Springs. People do not feel sorry for me here. I don't know why, but they don't. No sympathy. No sympathy from Bonita Springs. But I'm going to tell you, uh, 
in the, wherever you're at, if you're in the will of God, that's where that's where the joy is going to be, brother. That's where the protection is going to be. The safest place in the world is in the center of God's will. Get out of God's will, you're in trouble, man. You're in trouble. Well, it says it. Everyone of forsaken houses. I forsook. My mom and dad had it laid out for me. I could go out in the real estate up there, have a house. I'd have probably had a house paid for by the time I was 30. I forsook that. I forsook my brothers. I forsook my sisters, which I never had. I forsook my father and mother. I forsook, well, I kept my wife around. I didn't forsake, I mean, but I was, I, I, you know what I'm saying? There's been many, many nights that my wife's been home alone and I've been out doing the will of God. In a way, you do forsake your wife's fellowship in many ways. I forsook my children the same way, or child, or lands, or whatever. I was willing not to own anything, not to possess anything, if it was God's will. He's opened the door for me to buy a home and pay for it, the first one, the second one. That's been a wonderful blessing. But I know that that's not my stuff. The Bible says just, a righteous man layeth up for his children's children. I'm really doing that for Troy and for his kids. It's for not for Kathy and I. We're just using this stuff a little while. And then we're gonna it's gonna go on down to them. And hopefully they'll do the same. They'll go do the same and give a lot of that away and do it for God. Why? It's real deal, folks. It's real deal. You don't want to go on the other side after death and have him say, your, your, your works be put in the fire of God's judgment and find them all burn up. He said, those who have will be given more. But those who have disobeyed God and they seem to have, what they seem to have will be taken away from them. They're going to think, well, hey, I'm going to do good. I'm going to heaven. And they're going to be stripped of their rewards in heaven. Pretty sad case of affairs. Matthew 20 Verse 16, Mark chapter 10, verse 31, Luke chapter 13, verse 30, pretty much say the same thing. There are many that are first shall be last, and the last first. It doesn't mean, no, I've heard people misquote that. They say, all the first shall be last. No, some of the first shall be last. Some of the last shall be first. There's going to be a reversal of roles. I think there'll be some old girls in Kentucky uh, that, that never learned how to read. Uh, that lived for Jesus and dedicated what they had for him and gave their two mites, uh, as Jesus said. And, and they gave their two mites, which was their whole living, which percentage-wise was more than the richest people would ever give. And they're going to go to heaven, and they're going to be first. They're going to be first. They're going to be, at the, at the time when their works are piled up there, brother, there's going to be a lot of silver, gold, and precious stones left. Because remember, it's not the amount, it's the percentage. That woman that threw in her two mites, you know, the rich people came in there and they threw in a bunch of money. And that was, you know, it was good to do that. It was give to God. But it was just of their abundance. They weren't given of their necessity. It's hard to get down to give of your necessity. That means to give your food money up, give your gas money up, give your rent money up. That's, that's giving your, your clothing money up. That, that's your necessity money, uh, food, clothing, and shelter. And so this woman, when she threw them two mites in there, Jesus said, whoo. This old girl threw in everything she had. What do you think is going to happen at the judgment? I think she's last in this world. She's at the bottom of the heap in this world. But brother, she will not be in the bottom of the heap on the other world. God is going to reward her, and what she has, she'll be given more. And there'll be folks that have uh, uh, lived this life and, and, and done token you know, did God a favor, uh, gave a token amount of their, their, their finance, a token amount of their time, a token amount of their talent, and uh, they're going to be shocked when they get to the other side. 
and find out that they would they would what seemed to have possibly would be taken away from them. Boy, it's a warning. It's real. It's repeated three times, as I mentioned. So what's Jesus getting at? Things of this world are at best in our possession for a short period of time. It's like this. It's like leasing a car. Now, I've never leased because it's the most expensive way to own a vehicle. But if you lease, you, you act like, let's say I lease a, oh, let's just say a Lamborghini. Let's just say I lease a Lamborghini. I go down there. I'm not sure I'd qualify to lease a Lamborghini, but I get it a shot, you know. Go down there and say, give me that fancy, dancy Lamborghini there. Oh, what are the, what are the, I'm going to lease it for three years. What would be the payments? Oh, 10 grand a month. Oh, is that all? So I, I, I go down there and lease that, and I drive it up here, and Brother Nick says, whoa, preaching ain't bad. I say, well, Nick, you know, it's, not, it's good. God's good to me. He's got good to me, you know. It's, it's, I'm doing good. And, uh, you know, I, I had an old coin I found. It was worth uh, $2 million. But uh, pretty soon, about three years down the road, the company comes over and goes, hey, Billy, uh, Lamborghini time. Take it back. And so what it, it, it appeared that I owned the Lamborghini, but I didn't own it, did I? And you know, isn't that true with all the stuff we have? It appears like we own our homes, but we don't own them. It appears like we own our vehicles, but we don't own them. It appears like we own land, but we don't own it. It appears that we control wealth, but we really don't. Because it's only lent to us by the Lord. It's only been given to us to see how we'll use it. To see where we'll invest it. What we'll do with it. Uh, and I think God is testing us to see where our discretion will be and how we do with what he gives us. Uh, it is not yours permanently. And let me say, I've said this over and over, and I think it's a thought that rivets in my mind. If you cannot keep it, was it ever yours? And the answer is no. If I cannot keep it, and it was never mine, it was just lent to me. Amen? And I think missionaries is declaring that Tim understood that and was willing to do the will of God, go down to even a place called Haiti, and just give it all up. My brother, ah, Timmy's a rich man. Tim and Rose, Rosie O'Donnell, uh, Rosie, no, 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 forget that, uh, Roseanne. Hey, so I'm getting old. Roseanne. The rich, some of the richest people I've probably ever shaken hands with are some of these missionaries that come by here. I'm telling you. It's glaring with them. But also some of you folks who've given everything to God. You've been willing to go to school and take, and God moved you to study uh, something that wasn't for profit. It wasn't some business degree. It wasn't, and you took it and they did it anyways, invested all that money in that. Why? What if you had taken all of that and invested that in a Harvard law degree or a Harvard, become one of them Morgan and Morgan guys? Venomous leeches on our society. Oh, excuse me. The truth is vital. that We get it. It's not easily digested. We have short vision. We have short-sightedness. Uh, we're into the now and now. But Jesus is warning us in 8.18 of Luke, there's coming a day when judgment is going to be made and your life is going to be valued. And, and Now, we're not talking about being saved. Boy, the world, the world 
They got this all wrong. They think being saved, they're going to go up to God and the good works can be weighed against the bad works. No, 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 no. This is just for saved people. And in saved people, your good works and your and your work. The Bible says the deeds done in your body, whether they be good or bad, they're going to be weighed. The deeds done in your body, whether they be good or bad, that's going to be brought forth and it's going to come. Now, that's why there's so much in the Bible about not loving this world. Do not love this world. Don't love the things that are in the world. Now, we're not talking about the sunsets, the red birds, the beautiful floating mountains we have in the summertime. We're not talking about that. But we're talking about the philosophy of this world. We're talking about the things of this world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Man, don't you get caught up in that, Christian. Stay away from that. Understand that these things are just loaned to you for the time. Uh, if the stock market drops out of the bottom and the whole thing's gone and the money currency fails, you've not lost anything of value. Are you with me? Now you ought to be able to sleep good tonight on that. Now I wouldn't be happy. I wouldn't go around and say, oh boy, I lost everything. Oh boy, I'm not going to be crazy, but I'll tell you what, I could recover. I wouldn't jump out of a window like in 1929 where them old boys, when the stock market bailed out in 29 and they thought they had money, they went to the bank and the bank said, we don't have any of that. That's all gone. But I got 100,000 bucks in the bank and they said, it's all gone. It's gone. We can't pay you a dime. You don't have it. You got nothing. That's what happened in 29. And I'm not saying it could not. I'll tell you, with the, with the climate we've got in our country, who knows what's going to happen. I mean, I heard today, Oprah Winfrey's going to run for president. NBC said that they would say nothing but positive if Oprah Winfrey was our next president. That tells you, if I was you, I wouldn't watch NBC. The message of the Bible is loud and clear. For the lost, he says, trust Christ and take on his value system and receive eternal life and forgiveness of sin. For the saved, he says, trust Christ daily. Follow his words. Be patient in his service. Practice what, what he asks you to practice. Forget about gaining this world's stuff. Don't lose any sleep over it. Work? Absolutely. People say, because there's a balance here. There's balance. I mean, you have to you have to balance the thing. If you don't work, you shouldn't eat. That's what the Bible says, by the way. If you don't work, that's why I don't believe in welfare. And everybody said, and I hope you don't believe in welfare. Uh, we should we should provide Timothy First Timothy five eight says they provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house. He had denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. An infidel is as bad as it gets. He said, if you don't work and provide for your family, don't even show your face. God have mercy. I met men in the past that had fifty excuses why not to work. Fifty excuses, brother. Uh, there's no excuse not to work. I mean, if you're handicapped, you can work. If you're in pain, you can work. If you're crippled, and anyway, if you're blind, you can work. Uh, if you're if you're dumb, you can work. You won't get a great job, but you work. I mean, you can work, and boy, how much better it is to work than have somebody give you some for free. That's what the book says. That's what the book says. Second Second Thessalonians chapter three, ten through twelve. You look at it. Even when we were with you, thus we commanded you that if any would not work, neither should he eat. He said, there's some among you that are not working at all, that are busybodies. And then we 
command and exhort our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. Quit being moochers. Quit going around and working on other, uh, taking other people's work, taking other people's bread. You be self-sustaining by the grace of God. There's no job too lowly that isn't an honorable job. I'll be a trash man for Jesus. Amen? What would we do without a trash man? Hey, I'll be a plumber. With, and this is not a low job. we got plumbers in here. Don't take this to offense. But sometimes plumbers get in really doo-doo. I'll be a plumber for God. I'll be an electrician for God. I'll haul out junk for God. Clean up construction sites for God. There's no bad work. If it will allow you to feed yourself and feed your family, it's honorable in God's sight. And Brother, we need to teach that to our children. A lot of times, oh, I want my kids to be in supervision. Right now, we're dying with so many supervisors and no workers. It's said like this, too many chiefs and no Indians. You ought to see a trustee meeting at the gospel. We get, we get all chiefs. We got no Indians, hardly. And they are all chiefs. They can't help it. Most of them been, one guy will have responsibility over 200 people. One guy had responsibility over a whole working plant. Another guy will have responsibility. Then they all try to become humble and plant trees. And by the time I have to break up fistfights almost. That's not this group, of course. That's a group in the past. They're all in heaven. But, I mean, I have people who have a big trustee work day and people quit. I ain't going to take that. Oh, man. Everybody's been a boss by the time they get to their age. But brother, we're supposed to work. This doesn't mean you're not supposed to work in this side. This doesn't mean you're not supposed to put your hand to the plow and, and work and help other people. I love to be able to work so I can give to other people. What a blessing it is to be able to have some extra money, to have money to help other folks. What a blessing it is to be able to contribute to other people's lives. Be warned. As it says in Luke chapter 8, verse 18, take heed how you hear. Father, help us tonight. May we be able to discern the difference between that which is visible and invisible. This battle is going on right now, raging all over the world with born-again Christians. The devil tries to throw a carrot in front of you, tries to pull you off of God's work, tries to pull you off of God's will, uh, tries to pull you out of where he wants you to go. Uh, for some some promise of something that may or may not happen, and in some cases may indeed happen, but you got to eventually give it up. And then someday stand before God. As the parable of the sower said, ooh, ooh. For those who have, the parable of the talents, by the way, says the same thing. Those who have will be given more. And those who have not will lose even what they seem to have. Father, help that not to be one person. The sound of my voice, whether it be over the internet or here or wherever this goes. May we humbly come before thee and ask you to give us direction. Help us to put our hand to your plow. Not to regret it, not to look back, but to just look, keep our head down in quietness, do the work you've given us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, 
or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.